I love that teacher. Yes. I like that. I love that teacher. Well, this morning, um, the title of my message is Live Facing the Future. Live Facing the Future. Now, whenever we... Um, it's one of my favorite subjects, you know, you know, because most of the time we're caught up in problems or things of the past and, and all this. Uh, we need to remember that it isn't our past that's, that is as important as our future. And whatever has happened in the past is gone. It's, it's finished. It's over. Now, it doesn't mean we can't remember, of course. You know, I always do the illustration if I lived 30 years in Wimber and moved to China for the next 60 years and I'm 91 years old, I'm going to remember Wimber. <laughs> it's part of your life. It's part of who you were. It's part of what it is. But that even all of that comes together to influence us as to where we're going in our future. And, you know, whenever we sing the song about Jesus and stepping in the light, what's he supposed to Jesus is the light of our path, that God has a future prepared for us. And that while we were yet in our mother's womb, God knew us, formed us, and put in the package everything we would need for our life and for our future. You know, the days, our days are written in his book. So God isn't caught off guard. We then are responsible to make right choices. We are then responsible to do right things. And we are, you know, you, there, there has to be some perspiration with the inspiration. You can't get it done by sitting behind a desk or sitting under a tree and saying, okay, God, do your thing. It is, there's got to be an effort. <laughs> That's why there's camp. <laughs> Right? Football camp? Yeah. Why? Because you're preparing for the games. The color guard and the band and all those are getting together. Cross country. I was, I was getting there. He's the runner, you know. Uh, thank you, but I'm, you know, that's a good thing. Cross country and, you know, all the different things we do. Going, you know, business and going to college and going to work. And it, it, it requires perspiration. <laughs> it requires it requires tenacity. It requires faithfulness. It requires that we do our part. So it isn't just going to fall into our lives and into our laps. So we are living, facing the future. And in, in this whole process, I think we need to, we need to dream God-sized dreams. <laughs> you know, God-sized dreams. That when we think of our life, sometimes we think of it in the context of what was, and that it's a continuation of what was, to do it again tomorrow so that I can do it again the next day, but always kind of maintaining, if I can just maintain where I'm at. Well, you know what? I don't think God wants us to maintain. Now, we may not be able to go out and, I can't go out and pitch 500 bales, 700 bales of hay and come back in and survive and go to work, you know, go to the barn and do chores and get up the next morning and do it again. I can't do that anymore. But uh, so we see our, ourselves as being this, this person who is growing, and I don't like to use the word evolving, but it is true, we are evolving into and becoming that person that God wants us to be. If we were already where we needed to be in life, we'd be in heaven. So you're not in heaven, you're still here. Amen. So, <laughs> so where we're at then, well, what we can't do, what, what can we be? You see, God is interested in this person on the inside, in our prayers and our thoughts and 
our interactions with family, our interactions with the neighborhood, our interactions. Perhaps we can do more for the kingdom of God where we're at than we've ever done in our life previous. And what is going to last? That which is done for Christ. So you see, we often look at the past as being our safe place because we survived. And our future is being the scary place because we don't know how it's going to go. But Paul says in Philippians 3.13, in the one version it says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And the Message Bible has it this way. This is verse 12 through 14. I'm not saying that I have this all together, okay? As we begin this, let's remember, we don't have it all together. <laughs> Even Paul himself says, I don't have this all together. You know, I've seen, he's seen Jesus, his eyes have, were blinded and he has now sees. He has this call of God on his life. He has this great manifestation of the Holy Spirit in his life. He's, you know, he, you know, he's in trouble wherever he goes. People trying to kill him. I mean, he's doing a good job. If Paul came into town, we'd ask him to leave. <laughs> he just wouldn't fit where we think, you know, Christianity should be. But Paul, he says, I, have it, I, I don't think that I have this made. You see, when we think we've got it made, that's when we're ready to fail. Because we're always able to learn. We're always able to develop the skills. <laughs> I know sometimes whenever practicing, you know, trying to train Young boys, younger than anybody in here. Uh, <laughs> but, you, you know, you say, this is how you swing the bat. So, you, you know, they swing the bat, and, uh, and, they, and they say, okay, and you go to show them something. They say, I already know that. <laughs> well, you see, if you're going to learn to swing the bat, you're going to have to learn to swing the bat for the rest of your life. And there are techniques and improvements, and, you know, like um, some of the ball players that uh, they will analyze and look over films of their swing to analyze whether their foot is a half inch further or a half inch behind when they hit, go into a slump, what did they change? And they're always learning. And you see, in our life, our everyday life, this is this learning process because we're trying to improve our average. <laughs> you know? A guy who is a baseball player, if he, he, gets, if he hits the ball three times out of 10, They'll pay him millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> That's only a 333 average. See? And what we think is if he's really good, he'd, hit on, he'd get on base nine times out of ten. You know? But it doesn't work that way. Life is like a running back in football. I'm going to run and I'm never going to get tackled. Guess what? He's going to get disappointed. <laughs> yeah? You know, it's not going to happen. You're going to get tackled. The idea is you're learning how to gain yards, learning how to do the blocks, learning how to go through the process, and going through the process teaches you how to do and perform and become. Well, Paul is saying, I haven't got this all together yet. I'm still in practice, all right? But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. So, Paul is saying, I haven't, got this, I haven't got this together yet, but I know this. I have reached out to Christ, who I now recognize was already reaching out to me. So God reached out to Paul, the apostle, Saul of Tarsus, knocked him to the ground, and, you know, God reached out to him. 
Well, now Paul understands as he is reaching backwards to Christ that, it's, that it isn't all his own effort. God is, has an, an interest in you. God has an investment in us. He died for our sin. He died for our sin, and so therefore, he died for our sin, and the investment he has in us is his life, his death, his resurrection, and he wants to give this to us. And in this whole process, he wants to teach us and lead us by his word and his spirit that we can walk through tomorrow, but I have to live facing the future because I can't go forward walking backwards. Remember the old McGeeism? <laughs> it's it's McGeeism. I thought, okay. Anyhow, he who walks backward into the future trips over the present. <laughs> you can't go backwards into the future. You can't. It won't work because you can't see where you're going. And God doesn't want us to be looking back. God wants us to be looking forward. You know, he has a plan and a purpose for our life, and it isn't over. And while you look at our, you know, say, well, look at my mistakes and look at all this stuff. You know what? Forget about it. Forget about it. God has. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forget about it. <laughs> okay? He's, forget about it. You know, it's gone. If we, are, if we confess our sins, he forgives us of our sins, cleanses us from all the unrighteous things we've done. Thought, acted, stupid stuff. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Forget about it, because God has. You confess your sin, it is, it, is, it is done. Now, the first thing Paul says in chapter 3, verse 1 is, uh, and that's about it, friends, concluding what he has already said in the ch in, in previously, and he's going to summarize here in this chapter. He says, be glad in God. <laughs> First thing he says in this chapter and in this section is, be glad in God. What does that remind you of? Giving thanks? <laughs> Give God praise in everything. Praise God. <laughs> Not that God has initiated it, but that God will see us through. Now, uh, and that's about it, friends. Be glad in God. So that begins with our relationship with God, and that begins with salvation and forgiveness of our sin and forgiveness of our ways. If we confess our sins, they're gone. So Romans 3 says, um, but now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do. You see, there's a couple of things that we need to recognize about sin, okay? One is, when we look at our past failures, sometimes we look at all the sins that we've done wrong, okay? And, and some, some have thought that I've got to go back and confess every sin or I'm not forgiven. But you know, I didn't realize this, but I, I found this out this week, <laughs> that in the Hebrew... The word sin is singular, meaning that all sin is in one package. When Christ died for the sin of the world, he died for all sin that would be under that package of sin. Okay? In our life, when we confess our sin, 
all the packages, the whole package of sin that we've ever done in our life, thought, word, or deed, stupid or unstupid, you know, it comes under that, under that word sin, and God says, gone, forgiven. Now that it's forgiven, we don't need to listen to that sin anymore. This is breaking the power of sin, like addictions and things like that. People who do drugs or whatever, alcohol or you know, tobacco or you know, whatever. Just name your thing that, that, that's holding us addicted. Whether we eat too much. <laughs> you know, those are all things that are hindering us. And God is saying, you don't have to listen to that anymore. <laughs> you don't have to listen to that thing that is that hindering you me that you don't have to listen to that anymore you know you you know David you got to eat all that because because uh, you got to get your money's worth (laughs) you know and if you can have one dessert you can have two (laughs) and if uh, if you like ice cream at one place you can have ice cream at three places You know, some of that makes you cringe. It just makes me feel good. <laughs> makes my mouth water, you know? Yeah? Oh, ice cream, yes. But you see, what happens is, but see, we don't have to listen to the sin or that which is destroying or hindering who we are. It doesn't matter if we have three ice creams, as long as we don't do it every day. And every day for every week, for every week of the month and for every month of the year, then we have a problem. <laughs> but you see, at the end, he says, We don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delights of listening to God telling you what a surprise. Listening to what God is telling you, it's a surprise. What a surprise. We don't need to listen to the things that would destroy us. We don't need to listen to the voices that speak from our past failures. We don't need to listen to the voices of of the past relationships and people and problems and garbage and whatever the past holds, we don't need to listen to it anymore. A whole, healed, put-together life right now with more and more of life on the way. This is uh, Romans 6.23. So we find then that we are to have a whole, healed, put-together life right now with more and more of life on the way. Living life in the, you know, living life where? Facing the future. Live facing the future. So that we, we know that there's an expectation there. Uh, Romans 3.23. But in our time, but our time, sh- let me read here. <laughs> but in our time, something new has been added. What Moses and the prophets witnessed to all those years has happened. The God setting things right that we read about has become Jesus setting things right for us. What Moses tried to set, set right, when God tried to set right through Moses and the, the laws and the Old Testament sacrifices and all the rituals and all that, what God through Moses and declaring the, the prophets, declaring uh, and what the prophets declared of the Old Testament has all been set right by Jesus. And not only for us, but for everyone who believes. We've been set right. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, the wages of sin is death, that's the King James Version, 
and prove that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious life God wills for us, we can't do this on our own. God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself. He restored us to where he always wanted us to be. <laughs> you see, this, this whole idea, this whole concept of living for God is about becoming. You know, it's becoming. It's becoming. You know, you're going to become, we're on our way living life, life facing the future. We're becoming something. <laughs> we're doing something. And, and God is in this whole process of helping us get there. And everything he does and everything that he wants to do in us is for us to be prepared to make our next step. Do you know what, that when sin is singular, mercy is, is plural. <laughs> that means the mercies of God are like every moment of every day we're just flooded with mercies. Every moment of every day we're just flooded with the mercy of God. So we have this mercy, this strength, this, this uh, understanding that life is more than what we see and God is more than what we think and more than what we understand. You see, we live in his mercy and grace, his unmerited favor. Unmerited favor is grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor, meaning you can't earn what he wants to give you. <laughs> you can't make me give you any more than what I want to give you, and I want to give you everything. Take God-sized dreams. Live facing the future. Because we have desires and dreams that we believe that God has put in our hearts and our minds, and we're headed in that direction. But if we can do it on our own, then we don't have a God-sized dream. Okay? If you can do this on your own, and you can go do whatever you do and never ask God for help, then that's, all, that's, you know, that's as good as it gets. But God is the one who the Holy Spirit and his wisdom and understanding can help us develop and become that we can be overachievers. Intellectually, mentally, creatively, physically. We can be overachievers spiritually. That we can overachieve what we ever dreamed possible. Because God's Spirit is in us. <laughs> Amen. You know... Be glad in God. This is only the first words of this chapter. Be glad in God. You know, be glad in who God is and who he is in you, that he has made you this way. Then he says, I don't mind repeating. This is Paul now. I don't mind repeating what I've written in earlier letters, and I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry, so here goes. <laughs> you, you know, when we come to church, and you come here and you listen and you listen to other ministers and everything. Some of them are great and you just got to learn to know what, what fits here. And um, that God is at work and what God is trying to do is that we hear things. But you know what? I've spoken about sin, <laughs> you know, heard of sin since I first I went to church. And that was when I was probably two weeks old. <laughs> So I've been in church for a long time, and I've heard the word sin many times, but I never heard it that it was singular. I always thought that sin, God died for my sin, which was all those individual sins, and God doesn't, you know, God doesn't look at the sin and say, 
really bad, oh, really bad, well, not so bad, you know, he doesn't, no, boom, there it is, boom, gone. Sin is singular. God died for the sin of the world. You know, but the righteousness of Christ is abounding. (laughs) And the rightness that we have in God is based upon our faith and our understanding of the Scriptures. So with rereading and looking at the Scriptures and rereading them and listening to them is like God is continuing to lead us on and develop who we are, working smarter, not harder. (laughs) Being smarter, not trying to make God hear us, but thanking God that he does hear us. Pleading with God to hear us. No, by faith I bring my needs to God. My pleads, my pleas, pleads, my whining, my have-to moments, God, please, please, doesn't affect God one bit. My faith moves God. My faith moves God to action. When I say, God, I believe and I thank you, boom, he hears that prayer. He's going into action. <laughs> he's coming. Tum, coming. Uh, he's on schedule. He's coming. Go, he's coming. He's going to happen because he is moved by our faith. But you know, God, I've been good. I haven't done this wrong. I haven't done that wrong. You know, God is saying, I hear you, but you need to go a little further. (laughs) You need to come a little further on in your faith. You need to come along because when you realize that I am going to be moved by faith and by belief and by thanksgiving, by giving thanks to him and praise to him, I realize that I am not looking at how bad things are. I'm looking at how good they can become. Because I live facing the future, I know that this isn't the end, and this is not as good as it gets. (laughs) We're just scratching the surface. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Has he done that yet? Has God done what he has promised? I will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Has God done that yet? For you. Yes. Then you're done. (laughs) yes by expecting more so that the expectation is that God continues okay I arrived at this place but this isn't the end there's more that's not being greedy that's recognizing that the promises of God are renewed every day the children of Israel going into the promised land they couldn't conquer just one city they had to conquer the whole land and after they conquered the land, they had, to, they had to inhabit the land. And inhabiting the land, they became complacent. And living our life facing the future is that we are not going to be complacent with where we're at. Because the giftings that you have are for an appointed time. For a, per, for a place in your life. And you haven't got there yet. But we're asking God to lead us. Did you ever find yourself in a place where it's just like, wow, I couldn't have planned that if I, I couldn't, that couldn't happen even if I planned it, right? That's God. You didn't do that. God did it. It's like the little kid in Sunday school. Anybody know what time I started? 
Jose doesn't have my clock up there, and I always quit. At he goes from, he has a clock there from 30 to zero, and when I get to zero, I know I have at least 10 minutes. So, <laughs> what's that? When did I start? Five? I have five more minutes? Okay, all right. According to your watch. But who's looking, you know? I remember whenever I was in church, we'd always, we'd always say, he's got 10 more minutes. Oh, God. Can he, can he shorten a sermon, you know? So, but a minor's so much better than my, you know, the preachers I grew up with. Isn't that right, boys? That's right. Yeah, they're, they're just ready to go to sleep. Get out of here, preacher. I want to go home. I'm going to go play ball. So anyhow, I've got a whole chapter to go. <sighs> Maybe next week. To be continued. Well, anyhow, this little boy, he's in Sunday school class, and they're talking about, the teacher's talking about um, Lot and his wife fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah. And so as the teacher's saying, you know, Lot and his, his wife were fleeing Sodom from all the destruction that would come, and Lot's wife turned around and she turned into a pillar of salt. And, she's, and the little boy raised his hand and said, that's nothing. My mom the other day while she was driving, she turned around and she turned into a telephone pole. <laughs> there are some things in life we just have to learn by experience. <laughs> and you see, living life forward is knowing that we're not going to turn into a pillar of salt because we're not looking back. We're not turning back. We, we, it's all right to remember, you know. It's all right to go back and rehearse and remember and go through the pictures. You know, we have thousands of pictures. And Ron has been going through pictures of when she was a kid and before she was a kid, you know, relatives and all those things. And, you know, it's all right to look back. That's not, the, that's not what we're saying. The idea is that we have to live our life facing tomorrow because that's where our dreams are taking us. Our dreams aren't dead. You know, one dream may have died, but there is never an end without a beginning. So everything that God has begun, he will finish. Everything that he has begun in you, he will complete. And everything that God has started will come to a flourishing finish. Because God is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. So... Philippians 3.13, I'll jump to the end. <laughs> I focus on this one thing, Paul says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You know, you play a game, you got to let it go. <laughs> After it's over, you learn from the mistakes, you go on. You make a mistake, it's all right. You learn from the mistake and you go on because you have another game. Just like the pros, you throw an interception, what do you do? You get up and you have to take the ball again and throw another ball. <laughs> you have to throw it, you have to run it, you have to, you see, and, and you know, we look at life and if we trip and fall or get tackled or fumble the ball, you know, life's over. No, it isn't. There's another play. <laughs> there's another day, there's another experience, there's another, there's something more going on. And Paul, think of how much he failed. Whenever he, you know, but he thought he was so right, but he was so wrong in killing Christians. He thought he was so right. And you know what? Some people will come into your life thinking they are so right, 
But you know what? We have to know what the Spirit says in here because they can be so wrong. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, Paul says, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert, but I've got my eyes on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. You see, the goal of my life is to be pleasing to Christ. And what is pleasing to him is that I take the giftings that he's put inside of me and make them the best that I can by asking him for help to develop these giftings. See, God is at work in our life not to check things off bad, bad. He's in work in our life to renew, to heal, to restore, to get our life going in the right direction because our future is better than our past and our future is already set. Heaven is where we're going to end up. So let's get on the move and take care of today and take care of business that we must put in the perspiration to go along with the inspiration to do our part to catch the ball, to run the course, to block the person, go to school, you know, whatever it is that we're going to learn, we're going to become, and God is going to help me. Why? Because I ask him, and I thank him for his help. You can't get whining and dining. Oh, God, (laughs) I'm whining, and I'm going to eat some more. (laughs) I can't can't go there. God, I am praying and believing and expecting and I'm thanking you that this is good for me. Maybe the biggest setback in our life, but I know this, God is in control and God is going to take us forward and no matter what happens in heaven and earth, (laughs) no matter what happens in the world, doesn't matter. God is in charge. God is with me and we pray for those people in leadership, but we pray that God would guide us all into our future. Amen? Do we receive that? Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you have faith in us, not only to bring us to this point in our life, but God, you have faith in us for our future. Thank you, Lord, that our future is in you. So let us continue to take our steps and do our part and work us, work ourselves. But God, help us. Help us, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it is, Lord, spiritually, help us. Touch our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Amen. God bless you.